Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Four free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. This is the Eagle Hour with Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. Hey, happy Wednesday, everybody. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, and Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios at Laurel and Hattiesburg today, broadcasting around the wonderful state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Radio Network. Glad you're with us this afternoon, wherever you're listening in from. Got a good show today. We're going to be talking to one of the baseball coaches from Gonzaga University. Uh, they're headed to the Pete this weekend for a set against weekend set against the Golden Eagles. Also, a little later in the show, we're going to talk to Kyle Smith, former track star, and talk to him about all the success that Southern Miss Track is enjoying these days. I want to remind you, though, the first segment is always sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a proud supporter of Southern Miss. Dickie's fall off the bone ribs, brisket, and other great meats are smoked every day in their restaurants across Mississippi. Dickie's any event, small or large. So the next time you have something planned, let Dickies do the cooking. You can visit the home team in Hattiesburg next to Turtle Creek Mall. They're on 15th Street in Laurel and in a community near you. Dickies smoked here and loved everywhere. Well, the Golden Eagles, a uh, very disappointing performance last night as they drop a 2-1 to decision uh, to the University of New Orleans. Actually, the second straight year that UNO has come to the Pete and knocked off the Golden Eagles. And it doesn't get any easier this weekend as Gonzaga University comes to uh, the Pete, I think, for the first time ever out of Spokane, Washington and the West Coast Conference. We uh, welcome Brandon Harmon to the show. He's the pitching coach and an assistant uh, on the Gonzaga baseball team. And, Coach, thanks for thanks for sharing some time with us. Well, thanks for having me on. We're looking forward to making the trip down this weekend. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you. Uh my associate here is is a big uh, Gonzaga basketball fan, but uh, my research on baseball says you guys do pretty good at baseball too. Uh, you did really well last year. You were uh, what thirty three and twenty four, I believe. Won your tournament championship, your conference, your tournament, yeah, your tournament, and uh, played in the Minneapolis Regional. So uh, you bring a good ball club to South Mississippi. Yeah, I mean, obviously our, our hoops team gets. Uh... A lot of well-deserved recognition. I think they got a pretty good number next to them right now, uh, number one in the country. But you know, we've we've been doing some good things on the baseball side here, um, you know, the last ten years. But you know, regional team two of the last three, and yeah, we we think we're going to bring a good club down to see you guys, even though we haven't necessarily played well our first two weekends yet. But um, uh-huh. okay, Sissa, is uh, is Gonzaga a hitting team? Do you like to play small ball? What what will our fans see from your ball club? Well, I mean, I, I think you look um, over the last five years, we've been a little bit more of a pitching and, and defensive-dominated team where we're, you know, would, would maybe play 
um, some small by. I, I don't. I wouldn't characterize this as you know some of those other West Coast California type schools that mm-hmm. you know are gonna are gonna sacrifice bun every time a guy gets on first base. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say we're more of a traditional type team, and and like I said, our, our pitching and defense has really carried us the last two or three years, and. We aren't exactly doing that yet this year, but we, we think we have some good pieces in those spots um, to get on track. Right. Where have, where have you played to this point, Coach? Uh, who who, uh, who have you played? Is this your furthest trip away from home, I would assume? Yeah, first trip for sure this year. Um, we opened up down in Arizona um, with Oregon State um, for one game, Minnesota for two, and New Mexico um, for one. And then we were down in the Los Angeles area last weekend playing Cal State Northridge. So, um, this will be our first trip outside of you know heading heading to the south, and um, we've done it in years past. We've been down to Arkansas, we've been down to Tulane, but I I think this is our first trip ever to to Hattiesburg. So. Right. Uh, you obviously are at a, at a school that has a tremendous basketball program, uh, but uh, how, how, I'm curious to know how how big is baseball? How popular is college baseball uh, in the, in the state of Washington? Yeah, I mean I think the Northwest in general, it's it's. It definitely has its fan base. It's it's not similar as far as the amount of crowds we get was like what you guys get in the South. But you know we play in a in a beautiful eight million dollar stadium that was you know we average around twelve hundred to fifteen hundred a mm-hmm. for a home game, which is is pretty decent on the West Coast. And a lot of that's just driven um, by the weather. I mean it's that's one thing that we're uh, mm-hmm. you know it, about April is when it really starts getting nice to come out and watch some games. You know so mm-hmm. right now. Uh, Playing a home series would not even be, you know, we're under some about 15 inches of snow right now. Is so. that right? <laughs> well, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be very uh, conducive to baseball. All right, Luke, jump in here. We've got uh, Brandon Harmon, assistant baseball coach with Gonzaga University on the show. Hey, Coach, thanks for coming on. It, it is uh, 73 degrees right now and sunny in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, so yeah, I know it's a little different from, from what it is up there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good news. We're, we're gonna, we'll, we'll relish that weather a little bit. So, um, your your strength last year uh, was your your pitching. Uh, you had three guys that had uh, sub three ERAs. Two of those guys come back this year. Talk about your weekend rotation and what the Golden Eagles are going to face from the mound from the Zags. Sure. So, our, our, you know, we're actually moving it around a little bit this weekend compared to the first two. But on Friday night, you'll see uh, kid that closed for us last year, um, Casey Legamina. He's he's thrown the ball well. His first two outings. I mean, he's a He's a true Friday night guy as far as stuff. He, he'll pitch in the 92 to 94, maybe touch some fives and sixes. Um, good slider, um, really a really good, you know, good guy's gonna be a good challenge. I think, especially you know, with what you guys can match up with um, on your side of things. On Saturday, um, first start for a junior college transfer. Um, he's pitched out of the pen the first two weekends. A kid named Nick Iverson um, was a 15th rounder um, out of Central Arizona Junior College last year. And then um, on Sunday, going to see a senior left-hander who's um, had a lot of success, Justin Blattner, um, 86 to 90, funky slot. Um, and so that's kind of the weekend. A kid that we've counted on a lot last year was started every weekend, Alec Jacob. Um, he's going to move back into our closer role and, and try to maybe calm our bullpen down a little bit. That was a huge strength for us last year, and, and this year we've um, we've struggled a little bit through the first eight games, and so we're going to move him back there, and he's a – He's a low slot guy, mixes timing. You know, you'll definitely he's going to get his innings this weekend. It's just not going to come on the front end of the game. We'll definitely hopefully be able to impact a lot of games. Just you know, two games, two or three games instead of one. So, 
And then on uh, the offensive side, some names that uh, Golden Eagle fans need to be on the watch for uh, for the Zags. Sure. Our, our third baseman who will hit leadoff, Ernie Yake, he'll either hit leadoff or hit in the three-hole. He's probably our best all-around player, um, plus defender at third base. He's a, he's a little guy, uh, not going to win any muscle competitions, but he can, he can hit and he can play. Um, our catcher, Austin Pinarini, will hit in the middle of our order and um, need to get him going offensively a little bit, but good player. And um, the guy that's really been a, a nice, pleasant surprise, and he'll, he'll stand out in a, in a hurry, but kid that's playing first base, a junior college transfer, Ryan Sullivan, um, he's about six seven, and he's, he's run four balls out of the yard so far this year. Um, and so he's uh, he's been exciting offensively. He's got a chance to leave the yard on every swing, and um, definitely a good player. So, yeah, and, and talk because you're a, you're a Gonzaga guy. Um, you you played there. Was an extremely good pitcher there. Uh, it, it's pretty special for Southern Miss to be able to host somebody like this. This is a, a t- time that you don't get a team from Washington and a team pl- from Mississippi playing uh, in a weekend series like this. Talk about you know how special uh, Gonzaga is in in uh, your play, in, in your heart, you know, being there and now coaching there. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but Gonzaga's got a little bit of a different niche than maybe a bigger state school or a small private school. Only about five thousand students, and um, it just it's got a little bit of a different community to it. Um, and it's obviously a place that um, has national recognition, but if you step on campus, it's, it's still got that, that small fabric family feel to it, and it's got a culture to it that's uh, unique. And we, we like to think our baseball program is, you know, kind of hang our hat on being blue-collar and, and, and showing up and going and trying to play a national schedule, going and playing a Southern Miss. Next week we're going to Texas A&M and um, stepping out of the West Coast region to come out and, and kind of sounds cliche, but... If someone will, will host us and get us, we're, we're willing to, to come and travel, and we have the support of our administration to go and do that um, regularly. So we're we're really excited for the experience our kids are going to have this weekend to to come down there and, and experience a, a really good baseball program on the road. So, Coach, when you travel to the South and, and you travel to other parts of the country, how how different do you see the game of college baseball? Do you expect to see a different game this weekend than perhaps what you've been playing out west? No, I, I do definitely think, you know, you play a lot of those Southern California schools and it's a little bit different brand of baseball. You know, seven of the team, ten teams in our conference are California teams. And so, you know, they're playing the small ball. They're trying to steal signs nonstop. Um, I, I usually think when, you, you know, we come down, we've been down to Arkansas, I've been down in places like that, and it's, it's a little bit truer brand of baseball. And I think the biggest thing that at least we see difference-wise is the – is the culture of the fan bases there. They're into it. They know their teams. And you guys have, you know, as far as just being involved in the game and they're on you. And, but the nice thing is usually after the game is they're respectful. Hey, you got a good club, good luck. And it's, it's kind of refreshing. We don't, we don't necessarily see that down in, uh, in Southern California. It's more of a small crowds and you're just kind of a blip on the radar. Where when you come down there, it's a, it, it feels like a big deal. Well, we're looking forward to having you. We hope you enjoy your visit uh, to Hattiesburg, Coach, and uh, we appreciate very much you taking the time to talk to us. Well, thank you guys very much, and uh, we'll hopefully come down there and give you guys a good series. There we go. Coach Brandon Harmon, everybody, from Gonzaga University. They're in town coming Friday night at the Pete, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll be right back.
Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back, everybody. Glad you're with us. Our thanks to Brandon Harmon, the pitching coach from Gonzaga University. I always really enjoy talking to the coaches from the teams that are coming into the area, and we appreciate him taking the time to talk to us about his ball club. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Campus Bookmark carries the biggest selection of Southern Miss merchandise anywhere in Mississippi. Clothing, household items, car accessories, tailgate supplies. You can visit them on Hardy Street across the street from the Southern Miss campus, or you can shop online at campusbookmark.net. Quick programming reminder, the Eagle Hour will be broadcasting live this Friday from 4th Street Bar and Grill one of our new proud sponsors of the program, and we welcome them aboard. Invite you to stop by for lunch or dinner every day or enjoy their full bar and multiple TVs that show Southern Miss sports whenever they are on the tube. Fourth Street Bar and Grill is a huge Golden Eagle supporter. We thank our friends at Fourth Street Bar for sponsoring the show, and we look forward to uh, spending an afternoon down there. So broadcasting live uh, this Friday from 4th Street Bar and Grill. All right, so we just got off the phone with uh, Brandon Harmon, who is the assistant coach and the pitching uh, coach for Gonzaga. And I guess, Luke, after what we all saw last night, you couldn't get any worse news than to hear a coach uh, brag on his pitching and say that they like to win games with pitching and defense because right now the Golden Eagles are in a terrible batting slump. It, it was tough to watch last night. Uh, you, you saw uh, them be more aggressive Walner got two doubles, uh, which was good, but the thing that characterizes again is strikeouts. Eight more last night, uh, 11 runners left on base, I believe. That puts us right at, I think it's 45 strikeouts in the last four uh, games. They were more aggressive at the plate last night, but some big opportunities. We, we just couldn't get a big hit. We got people on base. Big opportunity in the seventh, we strike out. Big opportunity in the ninth. Um, you know, we we uh, we back strike to back out. strikeouts so, in the ninth. Right. Yeah, it was t- the, the only the only time Coach Barry talked about it after the game. Walner um, led off uh, with a, a a double, I believe. I think it was in uh, the seventh, maybe maybe the eighth, and he gets the second. And uh, and so you thinking they may bunt over, and he lets Gidry with a green light, and, and Gidry hit a really good shot up the middle, shortstop made a play and got it. Uh, and, and Coach Barry said after the game he would have done the same thing. Um, so you know uh, there was a couple opportunities you, you had. You know, do you bunt here? Um, do you do that? But just a, uh, I tell you what, McGillis uh, hit a, a hit a shot anywhere else. If it had been. Uh, and, and straight down left or straight down right, it would have been out of the ballpark, and that would have been a big three-run shot. So there was a couple times we hit to the to the warning track, but the thing that lacked in Mississippi State, um, other than Eric Hord's single and, and Charlie Fisher's single, is they're not getting crucial base hits at key moments in the game, and and that's why they're four and three right now. I guess on a positive side is uh, the pitching staff, and I think particularly uh, particularly the bullpen. You know they pitch very well Friday and then again Sunday in Starkville and can't place last night's loss on the bullpen. They Once uh, the guys started coming out of the pen, they shut UNO down and uh, didn't give up a run. 
Jared Wright was good in the first two innings. Uh, he started. He was in, uh, I think he was right at 89 to 91s where he sat. I uh, got five strikeouts, and then got four hits in a row, and they pull him. Alex Nelms come in and had a career-high night, six strikeouts. And then you, you look at uh, Tweedy came in in a tough situation, got out of it. Cody Carroll, Adam Jackson, J.C. Keys, and then Hunter Stanley. Uh, the bullpen gave up no runs um, in the last uh, six and, and two-thirds. So I don't know, Bob, if seven games in we would be saying that the offense is uh, the weakest point right now and the bullpen is the strongest point. I think that's completely opposite from what we would have said, but that's where we are right now. We have to believe in time the bats will come around and uh, you got to hope that the bullpen uh, continues to perform well. But I'll tell you, this is going to be a tough series this weekend. And uh, the Golden Eagles really, really need to win this series. But I, but they got to they got to start swinging the bats, Luke. They got to put the bat on the ball. And as you heard, Coach Harmon, uh, that appears to be the uh, strength of Gonzaga is their pitching. Yeah, and and what concerns you is he, he used the word funky slot, low slot. And when you're having a you know a hard time because uh, last night. It was uh, maybe one or two lefties. They threw eight pitchers, and the most of most of them were just over the top righties. And we had a hard time with that. So you mix in there, you're having a hard time with with normal arm slot, and then you start mixing funky arm slots and low arm slots, and you know it can really dis, you know disturb you. He talked about that Friday night starters are going to sit 92 to 94, maybe touch 96. Uh, you just you just wonder when you're going to be able to to iron out um, some of that that batting and. Coach Barry said in the post game last night to John Cox, he said, "I just told them they're to fork and uh, you know fork in the road, and they can they're going to basically in the next few weeks determine which way they want to take it." And I think as a head coach, that's how you got to do it. They did adjust the the, the order last night. Uh, LeBlanc went to to the two hole, Gidry went to the five hole, and I think the reason for that is to try to protect Walner. And Walner saw a little more pitching last night. He went two for three and w- with two doubles. But they've got to shore up. Uh, Six through nine. It's really tough right now. Danny Lynch is is, is not. Uh, he's a freshman and it's growing pains, but but he's got to come around. Um, and then just there's got to be some guys that step up and, and make some big hits at crucial times. Uh, your man Charlie Fisher last night, Bob. He uh, he walked and it was about a nine or ten at pitch at bat. Still a thousand on the season, so that was good to see for the freshman. I, I'll tell you right now who the team misses a great deal is Lamarcus Boyd. Because you had that guy, you had that really good hitter in the nine hole last year, and so your your batting lineup never really seemed to drop away. But I think uh, I think Lamarcus's absence is uh, very notable, and of course, right now this is subject to change. Of course, but right now we got uh, last year a lot more offensive production out of third base than what we've seen so far. You agree? Yeah, it's just he's a freshman and and he's going to be good. I mean, Lynch has the pedigree and and he's he's really good. He's just having a hard time right now and sometimes the transition is more difficult. But you look at this team through 7 games, you only have two hitters um that are over 300, Montenegro and Slater and Slater's average uh in in the last uh three games has dropped from about 600 to right at 393. Still good, but um Walner's at 269, Donaldson's at 250 and then you look at after Donaldson, so you only got four hitters 250 or better. Franklin's at 222, LeBlanc's at 214, Cooper's at 182, Gidry's at 136, and Lynch is at uh, mm. 
zero nine one, and that has to drastically improve. That is not characteristic of a Southern Miss no. Um, no. lineup. And th- I think and, until if 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 I am if I am the opposing pitching, I don't pitch to Montenegro. I don't pitch to Slater. I don't pitch to Walner, and I pitch to anybody else in the lineup. And and that's what's frustrating right now. Opposite of what Southern Miss fans have grown accustomed to over the last couple of years. No, uh, no real question about that whatsoever. Uh, so w- let's switch gears for just a moment before this segment ends. Uh, it, it struck me last night looking uh, at some information that that basketball doesn't play again until Sunday. We talked yesterday about how the lack of activity seemed to have sort of stunted the momentum the basketball team has. Now there's even a longer layoff. There's an eight-day layoff between uh, games. Just just this guy's opinion, but what a terrible, terrible idea Conference USA did with this pod play. They have, they have virtually changed the momentum of the entire league so far, Luke. It would seem like you could add one more regular season game and then squish bonus play. Like, just make yeah. it a lot more compact. Four games over three and a half weeks, you think you could do four games over two weeks. They, they've got to do something next year where they basically keep the Thursday-Sunday slate or Thursday-Saturday slate for for coaching, for the athletes, uh, and just for normality, it, it, it's it's tough right now. And I mean, even in tournament play, you know what you do? Uh, you're when you get to the NCAA or the NIT, what is it? It's a it's a Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, right, Sunday, right? And they would really help people out to do that. And so I think that's the biggest critique of it right now. As Doc told us last week, you know, what are you doing from a practice perspective? You know, you, these guys and and to their credit, I can speak to it as football late in the season, man. You're you're you're, you're a well oiled machine. Um, but they've they've stretched it out now, and it makes it really difficult for these guys. Well, he said they don't like practicing this time of the year, and I think now we're seeing the results. But uh, Doc's got a great job. Hopefully he can grab that momentum back. Tough, tough road trip this week. And uh, hopefully Conference USA will take another look at this uh, moving forward. All right, I want to remind you the minute we have left that uh, the podcast version of this show is now available. And Dalton, tell our listeners where all they can hear the Eagle Hour podcast well as of right now you can hear it on spotify soundcloud uh google play and stitcher i believe i right. think we're still working out the, the itunes either itunes or google play we're still working uh, no out. i think it's all itunes works all, itunes all works itunes working, works now yeah. okay right, all right, right. So that, so. those should be all of our platforms and you can listen on demand uh, as soon as the show is over, we'll upload it, and it'll be there. All right. Well, we encourage you to do that. Uh, and the more of you that tune in, the better chance of Dalton getting a raise sometime in the next two or three years. <laughs> I need so, that, please. Uh, so Dalton is, Dalton's like podding them up every 15 minutes, aren't you, Dalton? <laughs> oh, yes. All right. When we come back, we're going to switch gears, talk a little track and field, which is uh, a happy subject around these parts here late. Stay with us.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. This segment brought to us every day by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Check out your local Raising Cane's located all across the state of Mississippi and be feeling the one love. Best chicken in the world found at Raising Canes. Well, four track and field athletes qualify for the NCAA Indoor Championships. McKinley West, who has qualified in two events, the 60 meters and the 200 meters, will be joining teammates Caleb Parker in the 60 meter hurdles, uh, Eric Richards in the high jump, and of course John Warren um, in the triple jump. All that is uh, coming up uh, this weekend, or actually, I'm sorry, next weekend uh, in in Birmingham, Alabama, March 8th and 9th. And here to talk a little track and field with us, Kyle Smith was a javelin tosser. Uh, that's probably the wrong way to say it, but he was a four-year letterman and is the school record holder in the javelin. So uh, we welcome one of the greatest of all time to the Eagle Hour. Kyle, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Appreciate you guys having me on. So so clarify, it's, you're, you're not a tosser? or a, what, what, what is it, somebody that throws the javelin officially called? No, we just say thrower. Um, no, there's a thousand ways you can say it, I guess. I, I just say I threw a steer. I like to say I threw a stick and got school paid for to do it. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> Your dad that liked is, that too, didn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty ironic. That, I mean, people that might... ask me, "What did you, what did you do?" I, I mean, I threw a stick. I don't, I don't know a better way to say that. <laughs> it's pretty manly too. You know, the school paid yeah. for you to throw throw spears. Kyle, uh, you're you're the greatest in school history to uh, to ever th- to ever throw. There we go. The, the javelin, uh, April first, two thousand eleven, two hundred and thirty eight. Was that? That's pretty amazing. Take us back to that day. Uh, it was in Auburn, I believe, um, and that was a long time ago. At least it feels like it was a long time ago. Um, I had kind of a, I believe that was my junior year. Had kind of a rough go of it. My uh, early part of the season they got a groin injury lower back injury um they always say if, if you haven't had surgery and you throw the javelin you're not throwing it right so um luckily hadn't had any surgeries by that point uh, but was finally got a little healthy weather was good uh feeling good and just just hit one good in auburn so got lucky there all right kyle what's the you, secret? Uh, you, what's the secret what, what's the secret sauce i mean what what is it about throwing a javelin that uh, that makes it work for guys like you? You know, it's comparable to what I would say, kind of like a baseball pitcher or uh, even a hitter in that regard. Uh, you know, with a pitcher, you think a lot more arm speed. And with pitchers, it is a little more arm speed. With javelin, it's a lot more lower body. You really got to get that lower body turned and really pop that lower body. Um, similar to kind of how a golf swing starts with your lower body. And then you just kind of let the arm follow through. Um, mm-hmm. With that thing being eight and a half feet long and just shy of two pounds, if you try to arm that thing, you're going to end up with a bad shoulder or a bad elbow. So it really takes a lot of explosiveness in the lower body. Interesting. So it's not really coming from your arms and your shoulders then? Not so much. Uh, you get those freaks every now and then that just have a cannon, and they can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for us mere mortals, it's tough mm-hmm. to do it that way. All right. So at what point does a young Kyle Smith say, you know, I think I'm going to go pick that spear up over there and throw it and then begin to think, man, I really like throwing this thing. How did you become a javelin thrower? <laughs> well, to be honest with you, um, I got hurt 
running a 40-yard dash when I was in football my sophomore year of high school, and they the coaches wanted me to run track to rehab it. And the um, first day of practice, I realized I hated to run. So I, I looked around and see what else I could do to still be on the team and not run. And I uh, picked up a javelin. Coach Sutton thought I was pretty good. Um, started throwing that summer in some summer meets, uh, similar to basketball with your AAUs, things like that track and field athletes really get noticed outside of their school season mm-hmm. competed all summer fell in love with it realized i had a future in it quit football and quit basketball and did track full time took oh. off from there you said you're pretty good at it well let me let me tell listeners how good you were at it in high school you were the gatorade alabama boys track and field athlete of the year you won the javelin event at the class 6a state beat and it was at the time the best prep throw in the united states you had the Alabama State record in the Javelin. You were the Baldwin County Track Championship co-most valuable player. You captured first place in the decathlon at the state beat with 5,771 points. And you were named as a track and field All-American in high school. So I'd say that uh, it was pretty successful. Uh, tell us what the decathlon entails. Uh, decathlon's uh, 10 events over two days. So the first day you'll have the 100-meter dash, long jump, shot put, high jump, and 400-meter dash. The second day you'll have the 110 hurdles, the discus, the pole vault, the javelin throw, and then the 1,500-meter or just shy of the mile run. Mm-hmm. And you won that too, Kyle. I did. Uh, only <laughs> competed at it <laughs> my senior year. So when Coach Kevin and Steven was recruiting me at Southern Miss, we weren't sure if I was just going to throw a javelin or if I was going to try to be a decathlete. Um, found out when I got to college I still hated to run, so I didn't want to focus on the jav- or, uh, decathlon too much. But it was just one of those things in high school you just kind of get bored with uh, doing one event the whole time, and you just kind of dabble in everything else and turned out to be pretty good at it. Right. Luke, is that why you were a punter, because you hated to run? No comment. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, no, no comment at all. Yeah, Kyle, you're you're talking about you know you're you're a mere mortal. I mean, think just the fact that you were first in in ten events. Uh, it, it's pretty amazing. Talk talk to our listeners also. Uh, they always like to hear about your experience in Hattiesburg at the university. How how good was being at Southern Miss for four years for you? Uh, well, it was actually five years. I got lucky and uh, redshirted my senior year. Uh, to try to focus around the Olympic trials, and uh, but those five years were fantastic. It's you know being two and a half hours away from home, but not only that, just being you know a couple hours from anywhere, and then the city itself is just fantastic. You know, um, Southern's to me is just big enough, but just small enough as well. You know, you can be as active or inactive as you want to be. I feel like everyone that was involved on campus kind of knew each other, both in athletics and outside of athletics. So for me, it was just a great place to to kind of grow into a man and and really get to know yeah. people that you're going to know the rest of your life. Good stuff. Yeah, that, that's so good. And you became a man by throwing a spear. When when you look at uh, when when you look at where the track uh, program is now, with the women winning conference last year, with the men doing extraordinary, you, we let off this. Uh, we let off this segment talking about four guys who've qualified for indoor nationals. Uh, what is it? What does it mean to you to see the track uh, and field program do so well? It's awesome. 
Um, you know, I feel like the the guys that came before us, you still hear about them every now and then. The, the Cedric Normans, the high jumper, um, you know, competed at several USA championships. Um, you know, Jason Wilson's that was the school record holder in the decathlon for so many years. You hear about guys like that that still came around the program and were still involved. And, um, you know, they, they really laid down the foundation to get to where it was when we came through. And then to see it continue and even, you know, continue that rise to excellence that, that it is now is just awesome to see. Mm, good stuff. What are you doing now, Kyle? I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, doing nothing with my two degrees that I got. Um, but <laughs> I work for a uh, SEG Systems. We're a framing manufacturer for fabric graphics. We do a lot of retail and trade show right. type signage. Right. Uh, I'm the production manager there. Okay. Do you ever pick up a javelin and throw it anymore? I think if I picked one up and tried to throw it right now, my shoulder would fall out in four different places. Really? So that's something yeah. you don't carry on after you after you've completed your career yeah so i i like to claim i was a professional athlete um right. i went to usa track and field nationals mm-hmm. the i guess the, the meet after my national championship meet my last year at southern miss mm-hmm. and finished fifth um and i got a check for a thousand dollars Wow. And threw in one more meet and promptly retired. So, right. yeah. um, you know, it, it's kind of my thing. I like to tell people I was a pro athlete, but it, it wasn't. Well, final question for me, Kyle. Have you developed a fondness for running? No, still haven't. No, still, still not. Well, you, you I, and Luke have that now. in common. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a golfer now. We, we like to ride in carts. I got you. Hey, great conversation, man. We appreciate your time and congratulations on, like Luke said, you're, you're the best that's ever been here, man. It was, Glad we got to talk to you about that. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. All right, Kyle. Thanks a lot, man. Kyle Smith, everybody. Uh, You're right, Luke. The the best ever, man. He was some kind of track athlete. You you talk about – I think that the decathlon is one of those things in sports that people forget when they talk about what's the hardest thing to do in sports, what's the most – what's the greatest athlete in sports, what does it mean to be the greatest athlete – what sport entails the greatest athlete. The decathlon has to be in the top three most impressive things that somebody pulls off. When you when you take a, a combination of power, speed, and strength, it's pretty amazing. Isn't that what Bruce Jenner did? Luke? I was waiting on the music to kick in. <laughs> we'll be back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
fourth segment, Eagle Hour, brought to us every day by Carter's Jewelry, located in Petal, Mississippi, and online at cartersjewelry.com. Always be sure to check out the latest items in store on Facebook and Instagram. Carter's Jewelry, proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke here with Dalton pushing all the right buttons. First Bank Studios. In Hattiesburg, beautiful downtown Laurel. Uh, a couple things you need to know about happened today. Uh, Southern Miss softball, Coach Hogan, her Lady Eagles, take the diamond tonight to take on uh, Southern Jaguars. They will uh, play that game at home at 6 p.m. Southern Miss all-time is 5-0 and against Southern, and they split a weekend series with Jacksonville State this past weekend, 8-5 and on the season. So good luck to the Lady Eagles. Lady Eagle golf team was out in the Woodlands, Texas, um, this past uh, weekend. Struggled as a team, but Henrietta Sear had a low of round, a career-low round of 68 and finishes 14th overall. So congratulations um, to her. Lady Eagles will look ahead now to the University of North Florida Intercollegiate in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, next Monday and Tuesday. Well, um, no, uh, no no basketball to talk about today. Uh, they got Western Kentucky this weekend. But just to go back and, and talk a little bit uh, baseball-wise, um, Bob, if you could, if you could have uh, your your top uh, four, I guess the, the batting order. Um, who who would it be? I, I think Montenegro is a lock at one, mm-hmm. but but what would you do? Are are one through five? I should say on this year's team. Yes. Well, none of them seem to be hitting very well. I mean, obviously you you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have Gidry there. I would think you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have uh, Hunter Slater and you're gonna have Walner and. Uh, uh, you know the, the kid from Minnesota, Charlie. I mean, I don't know where you would put him in the field, but boy, you kind of like to see him in the batting lineup. Am I wrong about that? Uh, so I, I guess you know. I guess you have. I guess the front four are, are pretty obvious, and uh, you, you need to figure out who that other guy would be. Um, but I know this: they've got to. Uh, they got to pick it up. They got to pick it up pretty quick, Luke. Or it's going to be a long year. I realize we're just seven games into the season, and I do. I do understand that. The vast majority of baseball is in front of us, and I do think that the bats will come around. But uh, got a good opportunity here with some pretty good opponents early on. You need to win some of these games to boost your RPI, and uh, you know just got to get those bats going. It's so odd because you know what we're so used to seeing is that you know nobody could stop the Golden Eagles from scoring runs. It's just odd to see them in this severe of a slump. And I think what disturbs me more than the lack of hitting. Luke is the number of strikeouts. It's just it's stunning how many of them are striking out right now. Yeah, you you, you look at thirty seven uh, over the weekend in Starkville. That that's and some of that's the pitching, but still last night eight uh, injuries. Right now, Walner's obviously not at a hundred percent. Blaylock is really his his hand injury, and he didn't. He didn't play last night. He, he came in and, and pinch ran. Um, so, so you got to think that uh, that's a lot to do with it. It'd be interesting to see. Strickland didn't pitch last night. He threw two innings on Sunday and uh, see what, what happens with him. But Alex Nelms looked really good last night. I was kind of surprised we started Jared Wright. Andrew Abadie uh, said Monday he thought Nelms was going to start last night. And mm-hmm. Nelms may uh, may may work himself into that role. He may be a, a spot starter on, on a Sunday. Big 6'3 kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I'll say it again. 
again, I'm, I'm just kind of – if the offense takes off, which you would think that it, it's got to because there's too much too much uh, talent there, too much raw talent, too much season talent. But think about when the offense takes off, Bob, when you have a, a bullpen that's showing right now. Um, I think it, this is where it is. We, we, played, we played three quality opponents – um, in seven games, and you're going to be playing four quality opponents in ten games. You would, if you'd have played Troy, that'd have been two. So I think it's a combination of injuries, it's a combination of early season, and it's a combination of your opponents. Well, I think you get out of the first ten games. If say you win this series this weekend, maybe you drop a game. You you finish the first ten games six and four. Uh, you get Matt Walner healthy. I think it's really important what you said about the Blaylock kid. I think he'll be a big, big. A big, big addition once he's healthy. It was a real shame to see him get hurt right out of the gate. Uh, you, you get all those things going in the right direction, and, and the Golden Eagles will still uh, be the favorite to win Conference USA. And I, I've, I've, I've never been around baseball that batting slumps didn't come and go, so I anticipate that uh, I anticipate they'll get out of it sooner than later. I'm sure you agree with that. Yeah, I do. I, I think they they they're bound to. So, right. Um, just be interesting to see how they do it and how they right. respond to to Coach Barry. All right, all right. Real quickly, I want to remind you about the podcast. It's available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. Twenty four seven. You can uh, hear the Eagle Hour. Also, want to remind you that the show is back on the road this Friday. We're pretty happy about this too. Going to go have lunch with one of our new sponsors, Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Invite you to stop by for lunch or dinner every day and enjoy their full bar and multiple TVs that are always showing the Golden Eagles. We will see you there Friday at uh, Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Dalton won't get to go, but we'll relay to him just how delicious the food really is. He thank you. Until then, we'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Southern Miss to, to the top. Keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.